Matthew 16. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for this opportunity to study your word. Thank you for life. Every word brings us life. Thank you. It helps us. It strengthens and strengthens us on the inside so that we're able to stand, do the will of God all the days of our lives. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, but you're always there. <laughs> Lord, I thank you. You're faithful to us now. We give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, the Lord is good. Good, good, good. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So based on this scripture, and of course that we've been reading every week for the last couple months, uh, we're talking about the church. That's the series we're in. And we, we see from this that Jesus is building the church, and therefore we are also working with him, and we should be heavily involved in building the church. Okay? Someone said, well, no, that's not how I see it. I see that, I see that verse that Jesus is doing that, not that we are to do that. Well, let me ask you this. Does Jesus heal? Well, certainly he is the healer. God does tremendous things. But how many know much of the time that healing comes through us? And if we're not doing any healing, he's not doing any healing. Okay? How does he build the church? He does a work in your heart and in my heart. And we get motivated and stirred and prompted to act and reach out and touch another life. And when it's all said and done, what happened? Jesus built the church. <laughs> Someone might say, no, I did. <laughs> well, the, the whole deal is, no, you can do nothing without him. I can do nothing. I wouldn't even be interested in the things of God unless the Spirit of God drew me. Hmm? I'm, I'm interested in myself when I just talk about me and my flesh. I'm just interested in me. I don't really care about anybody else. <laughs> say that, You're really bad, aren't you? I'm, so are you. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's not the way I am fully now that's the way my flesh is and before the lord drew me to himself and put his spirit in me i could have been a very very selfish person and you could have too you could have been ugly as, as the day is long very annoying and unpleasant to be around but now look what happened to you <laughs> you're actually likable you're actually a benefit to mankind and, the, and the, the human race why is that god did something in you he put a tug on your heart. Uh, uh. He said, I want you. Uh, uh, uh. And he pulled on you and he sent several people across your path. And at one particular time, whether you were young or old, but you responded to the gospel and the life of God came in. And here we are today looking to do more, looking to be a blessing, looking to do something beyond our own lives and help other people. What is that? That's the spirit of God in you. Amen. Amen. And so, and so the Lord is building His church, but He's doing it through us. And so we should be, of course, looking to build the church. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Ephesians 4. Uh, last week, we spent some time talking about how we are God's building. And the Lord is constructing something great. And we are all, of course, living stones in this building. But when we get put together, when we're fitted together and put in the right place, then what happens? God's Spirit moves in in a special way. He's already in me as a believer and in you as a believer. But when we're fitted together, He moves into this great house or this great structure that He's putting together. Again, we're living stones in this. And God wants to move amongst us and through us all not just as individuals and so finishing those uh, thoughts up look at Ephesians 4 16 uh, talking about Christ it says from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share notice that by which every part does its share it causes growth of the body 
for the edifying of itself in love. How does the body grow? How is the church built? It is done when every part does its share. See, when we're all functioning to the capacity with which God ordained us to function, we are supernaturally enabled to do the work of God. And when we are in that place of being able to do the work of God together, it causes the body to grow. Why do some bodies, I'm talking, you know, figurative like the scripture is here, stay small because not everyone's doing their part. Not everyone's in their place doing their share. But when we recognize this, that if I'm going to be a part of working with the Lord Jesus in building the church, one very essential element is me finding my place. Me getting in my divine spot that God wants me to be in. When I'm there, things will start flowing from me to somebody else, from somebody else to me, and it'll cause this thing to take off, cause this thing to grow. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 19. Same thought here. Of course, we're jumping in the middle, but I want to grab a thought out of the middle. It says, and not holding fast to the head. Who's the head? Jesus. From whom the whole body, nourished and knit together, by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. If we really want increase from God, and we do, that's His vision, needs to be ours. We want increase from God, then of course there is a necessary knitting together by joints and ligaments. Of course you see the image and the picture of the physical body by joints and ligaments, every, everything is in its place. But that is what cause, causes the church to grow and increase. Amen. And so part of growth comes about through service, through serving. How does one serve? Well, one way that individuals serve the Lord is by serving the mission of the church. And this is done by reaching lost people and bringing them to Christ and to maturity and to a place of service themselves. See, these things, I believe, escape the minds of many Christians. Average Christians going to church, working their jobs, doing their families and all kinds of stuff. It escapes them that they are on a mission. Okay? Just because you're not in Africa does not mean you're not a missionary. And and our goal is not... I think some people excuse themselves uh, because, you know, they don't find themselves sharing the gospel every day. And uh, I got to tell you, ideally... We all are sharing the gospel with unbelievers every day, every day of our lives. I think we make a huge impact, okay? Now, before you start feeling condemned for not doing it, because I'm aware we're not blind here. Most Christians don't ever do it. We want to help you, but at the same time, I don't want to beat you up over it. I don't think that the Lord's, that's the way the Lord does us, okay? Most Christians never share the gospel. Sorry to burst your bubble. If you say, well, not me, well, good. You can be a leader in that area, be an example. Most don't. And then some do seldom. Okay, fine. We want to stir it up. We want to increase. We want to learn in that area. We want to be a better tool in the hand of God. However, just because you're not going to go out on the street tomorrow and start walking up to strangers and sharing the gospel with them, that doesn't mean that you cannot be involved in building the church even today. Okay? Everybody following me? I've been following me because I know where I'm going, but hopefully I just want to make sure you're on the same page with me. I'm telling you, no matter what your personality, no matter what you're doing 
today what you have done, you can be involved with the Lord Jesus in building this church. Even if you can't ever imagine yourself walking up to strangers and saying, Hey, you saved? Hey, you dead? You alive? Or something, or being real extravagant like, uh, like some people are bold to do. Okay, I'm not saying you couldn't. I'm saying we could, all things are possible. You know, we step out and start learning about these things. But even if you can't ever see yourself doing that, I'm saying you can be involved with the Lord in building the church. And many times you can get people saved indirectly. Now, again, I'm for every person. There's great joy on our behalf in leading others to the Lord. And I pray everyone does, okay? But I am saying you can also be a part of leading people to the Lord indirectly. And I want to talk to you a little bit in the rest of the time tonight about hospitality. I don't know if you've ever noticed that word in, in, in the New Testament, noticed how many times it's used, and uh, that it was such a big subject in the early church. But it's something that we should be well aware of today. You know, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, it says that for even the Son of Man, Jesus said this, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. What did Jesus come to do? He came to serve. If he's our highest example, if he's the one we're following, what should we be all about? We should really all be about serving. All right. I believe that is the atmosphere of heaven. We'll all be serving each other. I remember hearing a testimony of one who had an experience of going to heaven. And he was, it almost caught him by surprise. How people who were very well known in heaven, you know, uh, people who were very high up, so to speak, in, uh, in Bible history, would come up to him and say, is there anything I can do for you? Can I get something for you? You know, are you thirsty? Would, can I do this for you? And he, he said that was just what everyone was about. Everyone was serving each other thought that's interesting but what should we be about here same god's the same we're the same you're not going to be any more saved when you're in heaven no more righteous we'll have a new body you know so forth but we'll know more but uh for the most you know we're still going to be the same might as well act like we will now i looked up the word hospitality just in the dictionary english dictionary it said the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests visitors and strangers can you do that listen the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests visitors and strangers this is something that you and i are to be about it's one of the hallmarks of the christian life let's take a look at a few scriptures romans chapter 12 romans chapter 12 and verse 13 12 13 I'm going to go kind of quick, so uh, if you're quick in your Bible, good. If you're not, giddy up. Romans 12, 13. It says, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. What are we supposed to do? We are supposed to be given to hospitality. Just like he, he lists, there's a number of things in this list, and oftentimes we give Attention to some of the others, but this is right in the middle of it, that we are to be given. It's a natural leaning, something we are to pursue, something we're to, uh, uh, something that is to be magnified in our own life, that we are to be hospitable. How many know that flies right in the face of the flesh, which is all about convenience and selfishness and my time and my space and what I need, and hospitality is about entertaining somebody else. It is about the generous reception, friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. And that's what Life Church needs to be about. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Notice with me in verse 2. Well, let's read verse 1. It's real short. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. Who? Strangers. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Entertained angels. Could it be at times that 
in your, in your hospitality that you could actually be speaking with an angel. Yeah, we know from Scripture that it's possible for angels to appear and look even like a human being. And we wouldn't be able to tell the difference. They're able, that's one of their, one of their deals. They can do that. However, what's the word here? Don't forget, why would you say that? Some people forget. Well, why would they forget? Because their flesh reminds them about their own needs. And they're busy. They've got goals. They've got things to do. And they're going somewhere. And have you been there? I've been there. And all I had in my mind, I'm going here. I'm, I've got something to get to. I've got something to do. Have you ever driven next to that person? <laughs> they were oblivious to everyone else on the road. Didn't care about them. Didn't know that the other person in the, the car next to them, they were going somewhere too. <laughs> they had pressing needs. But you can become very irritable if you are not aware of others. But let's not forget that there are others around us. And he said, don't forget to entertain. To entertain strangers. Talking about hospitality there. Talking about receiving them. Third John chapter 1. I'll just, go to First Timothy. I'll just read this to you because this is one I'm reading out of the the New International Version, 3 John 1, 8, says, We ought therefore to show hospitalities to such men so that we may work together for the truth. We ought to show hospitality. Now you're in 1 Timothy, right? 1 Timothy, chapter 1, uh, chapter 3, excuse me. In, in this chapter... Of course, if you look at verse 1, you see he's giving qualifications for overseers or a bishop. We, we, we could say leadership. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 says, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior. What's the next one? Hospitable and able to teach. It's interesting that one of the qualifications the Lord gives for leadership, those who would oversee, he said, they must be hospitable. They must be hospitable. Now, if you don't necessarily relate to that, say, well, I'm not called to be a bishop. I'm not called to be an overseer, a pastor, a teacher, or something like that. Well, listen, the list given there is a list of a high standard of living that really all believers should look to and not say, well, I, that's too high for me. I don't have to do all those things. You're a believer. We're called to walk this earth even as Jesus did. So we, sh- we shouldn't put, put those off because maybe we're not in a position or don't feel like we're called to do that. He's just saying for them, he listen, when you select leaders, when you put people in certain positions, you make sure they got some things in order in their life. All right. It's not that it doesn't apply to every other believer. But again, we see through this in many other scriptures, one big thing in the mind of God is hospitality. You might think when you're talking about a pastor, uh, what would be a qualification? Well, they certainly need to have some education. You know, they certainly need to have, uh, you know, recognition by man, you know, ordination or something. Many people would think those would be the qualifications. They need to have this, this, and this. But hospitality? I don't think many would be quick to think of that as a necessary quality in their leaders. Okay. You know, many of you, you came here. Was that the first thing you wanted to check out about me? I need to see if this guy is hospitable. (laughs) That's one of the qualifications. But usually, again, people don't think that. What do we mean? What what do we mean by that? Well, friendly. I know some pastors who aren't friendly. (laughs) And if you think I'm not, you're wrong. (laughs) I am very friendly. (laughs) amen actually this word here the greek word that's translated hospitable here it simply means fond in the strong's concordance you can look it up it means fond of guests fond of guests if a person is hospitable they like guests they enjoy see what's the contrary to that here's what happens in many uh, groups, many circle of friends, many churches, is people become very fond of those they know. They become fond of each other. And that's not wrong. 
we like each other. I like you. <laughs> but what should we be? Fond of guests. You know, there are some places and some situations where church members have become irritated by guests because guests disrupt things. Because, you know, they're in. Incro- I've been here for 10 years. Well, you haven't been here for 10 years, but. I've been here for 10 years, and, or I've been here for 20 years, and I know how things are done, and this is where I sit, and, uh, and, I, and I do this, and, and I've always run this area of the church. I've been in charge of this department, and now all these new people are coming in, and uh, watch out. <laughs> what do we ought to be? Fond of guests. We're hospitable when we think, oh, good, new people. Oh, good, the Lord is sending more. Oh, good, lost people are coming to receive the Lord and be blessed with what I've been blessed with. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter, the 4th chapter, and the 8th verse. It says, and above all things, have fervent love... For one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Here we see it again. Numerous times we're seeing this. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to it, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so our hospitality even goes to the point of using what God has given us. For who? For somebody else. For one another. And hospitality is a very important thing. Now, think, think with me about what we're doing here. This is kind of in-house stuff. We're family. If you're visiting, we're talking about you. <laughs> we're glad you're here. We want to treat you like something special because you really are. And, you know, some of you, you were special a while ago. Now you're just, <laughs> now you're just one of us. No, we all, everybody remains special, one another. <laughs> the church can be likened to a family expecting guests. In other words, when we, when we say the church, you remember from earlier on in the series, we're talking about a gathering, we're talking about an assembly of the called out ones. We are like a family preparing to have somebody over. That needs to be our mindset. We're preparing for guests. If you've had people over at your house, hopefully you have. If not, hospitality. If you've ever had guests at your house, how do you act? What do you do to get ready for that? Typically, people will clean their house, hopefully. But typically, they will clean their house. They'll organize some things, maybe that even some things that have been, you know, left out for a while that, you know, you kind of cleaned around them. But if someone's coming over, you clean up a little bit extra special, right? And uh, you, you get, thing, get things put away. You dust stuff that hasn't been dusted for a while. <laughs> and uh, sometimes even, you know, even go outside to the front porch and sweep, if there's leaves or dirt or anything, just sweep that off. Why? You're thinking about the person who's coming. And you want them to have a good experience being at your home. You don't want a bunch of dirt to represent you. Because it does. Doesn't it? I mean, if something's unkept, if something's untidy, if something's not taken care of, well, whose is it? It's yours. And so that represents you. And so when you, ha- when you have guests, though, you get things ready. Probably, uh, you know, if you're having someone over to dinner, you're probably thinking more than, you know, than what you might think on a, just an average night where you might make something nice or you might fix leftovers. You might throw something in the microwave. <laughs> Sorry, she doesn't like the microwave. <laughs> and... Uh, you might do something quick, and it's like, it's no big deal because it's just us. Everyone understands. But when you have guests over, how many know you prepare in advance and you get something ready? You probably make a little bit more than you would normally make. So there's 
extra. Probably a dessert comes into play where maybe that doesn't on an average day. And, and you just do a lot of extra stuff. Why? Because you're expecting guests. Okay? This should also be the mindset of us at our house. Because we are a family. And if we're, if we are building the church with the Lord, what are we doing? We are expecting guests. So we want to bring our A game, don't we? Get our game face put on and come ready. Why? Someone's coming over. I've prayed. I've invited. I've done, and, and we're, we're getting ready to have someone over, and I want their experience to be a positive one because they're going to view us in light of their experience and ultimately they're going to view the Lord in light of their experience with us and it takes on a whole nother level of importance when we realize that not only do we want our guests to have an enjoyable beneficial time in our family Ultimately, it could determine whether they enter the family of God and whether they receive the Lord. I don't think oftentimes people realize that, that the way they are affects, even if they're not personally sharing the gospel with another person, but the way they are could determine whether that person responds to the altar call. Or whether they respond to another individual who shares the gospel with them. Okay? And this is where we've got to have a a hospitable, am I saying that right? A hospitable mindset. We're fond of guests. We are, uh, we're ready. And as the definition was, we're friendly. And we give a generous reception and entertainment of guest visitors and strangers okay oftentimes when people come over you probably dress in such a way that is very presentable for yourself you're not gonna you know come out in your pajamas (laughs) hey welcome to dinner (laughs) dude you've been sleeping all day (laughs) but what you fix yourself up you're having guests over you take care of yourself didn't just roll out of bed and welcome them in. Probably not coming out in your sweats. Hmm. What? Well, unless you're watching a football game or something. You, you know, there's different, different events you might cash out for, I guess. But for the most part, having someone over for dinner. Amen. Because how you, how you present yourself, how many know that speaks volumes about how important that other person is to you. If you go through no effort to take care of yourself and prepare yourself and prepare your surroundings, you're saying to that other person, you're not very important. Because I guarantee you, if someone of high recognition and high-ranking authority in our country was coming over for dinner, you'd be ready. Right? And so what it says oftentimes when someone doesn't have that kind of name... It's like, you're not as important to us. If one, someone high up in our government called me up and said, I'm going to be in your service this weekend, and I told you all about it, would we make sure everything was in place? Hmm. Would we make sure everything was clean? You know, hopefully we do, we're doing this anyway, but I'm just saying, we would go out of our way, and we'd make sure everything was right. We'd make sure the sound and there wasn't a cord hanging off the cord, the, uh, <laughs> off the stage and whatever. You know, we would, we would look for every little detail. What I'm saying is that mindset should be for the person we don't know and carries no name or no position or authority. There's someone that Jesus died for. And so we do everything we can to present ourselves well because... We represent Him. If they receive us, they receive Him. If they receive Him, they receive the Father. Is that how it works? Amen. And so, we get ready. I believe that 
we should ask ourselves the question, when God sends people our way, how do we treat them? I purpose to believe because of my prayers, because of the call, what I know God has said, that when people come our way, that it's more than chance. It's more than happenstance. It's God-ordained. And you say, but what if one of them comes in and it's not God-ordained? <laughs> Let's not worry about that one. <laughs> I choose to believe they're all God-ordained. Okay? <laughs> I really believe God is sending people into your life. He's sending And the ultimate goal is he wants to bring them apart to be a part of our family. And he can build this massive structure where his presence can abide. Lives can be changed. But we have a part to play in this. This is very, very important. How do we treat people? How do we honor God by honoring them? We must purposely show our guests how important they are to us. As we prepare to receive more guests we're preparing through hospitality i believe that god's going to send even more because he knows that we value them he knows that he can send people and we're going to treat them like something special listen again he didn't just give his life for you he gave his life for somebody else and if we act like at all that someone doesn't matter or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter if how we deal with someone. Man, Jesus gave his blood for that person. They matter to the Lord. Every single last one of them matters. And that's why they need to matter to us. We must deal rightly with those whom God sends. And like I said before, we help create the environment and really impact the heart of a person. And that sometimes can determine whether they receive the Lord. Amen. Let me give you uh, seven things. How can you be hospitable? How can you be hospitable and therefore, and by doing so, build the church? Are you, is anybody interested in this? I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming this. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and believe that you guys are interested in more than yourself. Okay. If I'm wrong, just look ahead because... You can be incognito, be selfish, and the rest of us, we're going to build the church. Amen. Going to be used of God, flow with His Spirit. Number one, this is an internal one. Number one, come with our guests in mind. Come with our guests in mind. That means when you're coming to church, it's not all about you. But you're coming literally thinking, we're going, I'm going to church today. And God's going to send some guests. And I don't, when I say God sends them, don't take that. We can go to the extreme and think we don't have anything to do with that. No, God uses us to bring people in as well. Okay, but this is, uh, uh, many people won't come with you. They come just through various methods and means. But come with guests in mind. Don't always look for the best parking spot. Maybe look for the worst one on that side <laughs> of the main, kind of main entrance. Just a thought. But oftentimes we're thinking ourselves. We're thinking, what's the best for me? But come with guests in mind. Number two, tidy up. Number two, tidy up. Notice if things are out of place or lack excellence. Say, but that's not really my job. We're family. There's certain, yeah, we got certain areas of helps ministry and they're going to focus on this and they better be listening. Because <laughs> it's your, your job, it's your, your place. But all of us should be thinking this way. Let's tidy up. This is the work of God. Let's do things with excellence. Not let things be out of order, out of place. Anything less than representing him. I remember we were at a restaurant a few years back. And one day, we were in there eating a hamburger. 
bacon cheeseburger, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and I look over, and I look into the corner of where two walls come together. I look down in the floor, and there's a weed growing. We were not eating outside. We were eating inside the restaurant, and there's a weed growing in the corner. Eee. I don't know what about you, but that makes me wonder about what's happening in the kitchen. If you ever see a weed growing around here, please pull it out. So, but that's not my job. Pull it out. <laughs> We represent the Lord. Not only, if you're a business owner, you better think about things like that. Because that's not going to help your business at all. It's going to hurt. Even if you make a good burger, pull the weed out, man. Take care of things. And that's what we need to do around here. All right? We're looking for little stuff. We're all, who? Everyone. We're all paying attention. We're watching out. How can I represent God better? And how can we as a family do that? Number three, number three, dress like what you're doing is important. Dress like what you're doing is important. Now, when I talk about dress, I'm not talking for holiness sake. I'm not saying if you wear one thing, you're holy, and if you wear something else, you're not. I'm just talking about excellence. Everybody with me now? I'm talking about caring. I'm talking about thinking it just like if you're having someone over, you do something to take care of yourself. You do, you, it's, it's, it's not a last thought. It's something that represents you and your home, and ultimately, in our case, represents our God. We don't have dress codes around here. You know, there's all kinds of different styles. Some of it depends on your age. You know, oftentimes someone who's 80, they're, usually they're not going to dress like someone who's 20. All right? But how many know? <laughs> how many know you can, you can give forethought and make yourself nice and presentable at 80 <laughs> or at 20 or whatever? Amen. Be thoughtful. You know, I don't know. What, what do you think if you walk up? And the first person at the door looks like, you know, looks like they just stepped out of a little house on the prairie or something. <laughs> Amen. Looks like they made their dress out of the curtain. Or just so out of style, just so 30 years ago. Come on up. See, that's not, does that really matter? It all sets the atmosphere. And so when, 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 our, when our guests that God sends to us come up, and the first thing they see is, oh, this place is backwards. Because there you are. <laughs> While we're talking about taking, you know, taking care of yourself in that way, uh, you know, you might want to groom, too. <laughs> See, I'm telling you this stuff. This is, I know you guys are still video, and this is probably not going on TV. <laughs> this is one of the things you deal with in a, you know, in a helps ministry type of meeting, but that's where we're at, I guess, right now. You know, comb your hair, pluck, <laughs> shave, you know, ladies. Uh, <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. Uh, man, you know, sm smell yourself <laughs> or, or someone else. Brush your teeth. Say, if I brush my teeth, will someone get saved? Maybe. <laughs> if you come up, you know, and you're like, hi, <laughs> welcome to Life Church. <laughs> And they get knocked down because of the, all they smell is what you ate. That's not going to help. They might get saved anyway, but 
It was in spite of you, not because of you. And you go away thinking, wow, I've got the anointing on me. See how they went backwards? As soon as I said hi, they just flew back. So take care of yourself. Make yourself presentable. Amen. I'm not giving any dress codes here. I'm just saying, you know, if you're not sure, there's that program. What not to wear. A whole TV program made for some of you. Help you come up a little bit. All right, number four. Number four is real simple. Here we go. Smile, smile, smile. You got to write it three, three, three times. Smile, smile, smile. That's one of the best things we can do is be happy <laughs> and smile. Amen. Nothing worse than going to a grumpy church. And everyone looks sad and depressed. You know, you, you, you remember Pastor Jeff sharing... Uh, this last weekend, and about how when he was in the Ukraine, especially at the, those beginning days, how no, nobody was happy. Everyone was just sad. And he was talking about how he'd, you know, get on the subway and stuff and just smile. People didn't know what to do with it, but oftentimes there he'd get a, a positive response back from it. But people just weren't happy. And we are. doesn't mean we don't have any struggles or trials or anything like that. We were still here on earth. But we can be happy, huh? And if you're not happy, faith it. Right? Smile by faith. Say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Smile a lot. Number five. Number five. Don't just talk with your friends. Don't just talk with your friends. If you want to help our church be more hospitable and you be hospitable yourself, don't just talk with your friends. And that's a common occurrence where people get real comfortable. And thank God we are family. I'm not saying don't talk to your friends. I'm saying don't just talk with your friends and someone who's new. And they don't have. One of the big reasons why people stick in churches is because of relationships. Okay? And if we're all just, well, we're satisfied. I got my five people that I really enjoy being around. I'm glad for you. That's important. And you'll, you know, that really is a blessing in your life. But we've got to be outreach-minded, okay? We've got to be mindful of others, glad to have guests. And so don't just stand around talking to the same people every time you get here. Look for someone new. Look for someone else. Number six. Number six, be accepting of all. Be accepting of all. What am I talking about? Don't be moved by someone's style. Don't be moved by someone's sin. Hmm. Now, we, oftentimes people jump to the exception, and we understand that if the Bible has some things to say about a person who is uh, a saved person, a brother who is unrepentant, and just blatantly living in sin, that's a different situation. Not talking about that at all, okay? Talking about folks who are coming in. And if they look a little bit different and sound a little bit different, you can, and it's obvious that they're not uh, living right or something like that. We're accepting of all. It doesn't mean we accept what's wrong. We accept them. We show the love of God. Don't be shocked by someone who has some kind of outstanding characteristic or look that's like, whoa, dude, what is going on here? Hey, welcome to the world. And if you never see some of that, you need to get out once in a while and find out where, the, where people are at in this world. And people are mixed up with a lot of things. And, and uh, you know, and when folks come here and they're mixed up with stuff, welcome home. Because <laughs> this is a place of help. Amen. Amen. You know, like if someone comes and they, you know, and maybe a man and a woman come in and and, and you, you're smiling and everything and looking good and, you know, doing some stuff. You're having a discussion with them and you find out they're shacked up. You don't talk to them about that. Are you listening? What, you live together and you're not, you're not married? You're not in the same bedroom, are you? <laughs> Listen, nobody's fornication kept them out of heaven. Are we advocating fornication? Of course not. 
but it's called believing on the Son, receiving Jesus. That's what changes a life. And then we let God work on us from the inside out. And so if someone, you know, some blatant sin, you think, <gasps> knock it off. <laughs> Chill. Just get ready. People are coming from all over. God's going to send us more and more and more. And a lot of them are living in sin. But that's not what we're dealing with. We're dealing with their acceptance or rejection of Jesus. And then after that, just like he's working on you and me, after that, their life will conform more and more and more progressively to look like his on the outside. Amen. Number eight, no, number seven. Number seven, last one here tonight. Number seven, share a meal. Number seven, share a meal. I'm talking about having people over to your house. Talking about going out to eat, to a restaurant. It's one of the things that is, uh, can definitely build a bond. And it's very hospitable. That's part of it when you share a meal with someone. And I believe these things should take place outside of the church. We should be that way, period. Okay? In our lives and, and being that way. Also, we need to be that way inside of the church. The early church was so... Um, into this type of stuff and into uh, it was just a normal part of their hospitality of eating with people that it it was even uh, they were even told that when there was that extreme situation where they had to disassociate with someone because they were trying to act like their life was all their lifestyle was all acceptable and they could just do both You know what they were told to do? Don't eat with them. And that, the very fact that they wouldn't go out to eat with them or have them over for a meal, that was a blatant rejection of their sin. And they knew, what, people aren't eating with me anymore. I better straighten up. It just shows. People joke sometimes about how Christians, you know, we we fellowship and it's always around food. (laughs) Well, that's biblical. <laughs> it is. And it, it, it's a natural part of the, uh, the, the human life that what do we do? We share a meal with people. How often do you have someone over? You know, once a week, once a month, once every few months. If it's never, you might want to think about it. Think about having someone over. Or taking them out. You know, after church, a lot of times... People go out to restaurants, you know, on you know, on Sunday mornings, for example. They'll go out. Take somebody out. Be hospitable. Hospitality is love. It's a form of giving. And we don't want to be the ones that only come to church with ourselves in mind. Some experts have said that when a person comes to a church, that in the first, and I can't verify this, but many have said this, that in the first seven minutes of their experience, they decide whether they're ever coming back. I just wanted you to know that to let you know it's not my fault. (laughs) No, that's actually not why I said that. (laughs) Uh, But I'm just saying, we should have in mind, if we're really wanting to build the church, the kingdom of God, we need to know that we've got a very small window to minister to people. And we want to make all people, yes, each other, absolutely, one another, but also those many, many thousands of people that God is sending our way because we're faithful with His love and His Word. And God knows that when He sends them to us, we're going to treat them as something special. Doesn't matter what they look like, doesn't matter what their background is, how much money they have. Nothing matters. They're a human being, and here they are in our place. God has called us as a family, and we treat them as royalty. We treat them as special. You know what that does? And I tell you what, it means something to the heart. And then God speaks, and God moves, and that person's receptive to the gospel because of the love they saw when they walked in the door <laughs> because the weed wasn't in the corner. <laughs> Because they saw a a people of excellence, a people that cared about what they were doing.
It wasn't just, it wasn't everything shoddy. And, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen things come out of churches that, uh, you know, like mail out some things. They've gotten stuff in the mail, and it looked like a third grader put it together. And it had XYZ Church on the corner. I thought, yee, save the postage, man. Because <laughs> that doesn't represent God well. And we need to have that kind of understanding. You remember what the parable that Jesus told when he talked about how on that last day uh, the king said, this is Matthew 25, 40. He said, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And how many know the way that we treat each other and the way that we treat those whom God sends across our path, the way we treat them is the way we treat the Lord. It's the way we treat the Lord. And so I want to just encourage everybody tonight, let's step it up. So I think we're doing a really bad job. No, no, I don't, not at all. But I think there's things we can step up higher in. And if we all have this mindset that it's more than a, well, that's my job. That's my responsibility. Thank God for everyone who's involved in an official helps capacity. You are of such great value. But all of us need to have the mindset that we're building the church together with the Lord. And that church is not just about the building. It's about the people that come and so what we do with the building and everything else we do can influence those people. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for your spirit. Oh, leading and guiding, directing. Directing us in everything we do. Lord, we thank you that you enable us. You empower us. To be used by you to affect lives for eternity father whether we're sharing one-on-one sharing the love of god sharing the gospel with another person or whether we are sharing the gospel through unspoken ways by representing you well and being excellent in all that we do father i thank you that you help us to to recognize and see what we need to change, what we need to do better. But we do thank you that you have entrusted us with this opportunity to minister life to all people around this area. Lord, we believe that you're working in us and doing a mighty thing in us. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your strength. In Jesus' name. Father, I do pray for those who've come tonight that have never been saved.